When I was fourteen, a cousin of mine angered a malignant one. It was a big case, a genuine scandal. Maybe you remember it. At the time, when it all ended, I just wanted to forget about the whole thing. But a couple of years have passed, and I guess maybe it's time to think about it again. The bright being lived in the office building where my cousin Paul worked, analyzing retail sales reports. I don't know how she got there, really. We never did find that out. I don't even know how long she was there. I mean, before Paul met her. Maybe she lived on that same spot long before the building went up. Maybe she even lived there for thousands of years, way before the Indians came. No one really knows how old the beings are. Some people say, I read this in a book actually, that the bright beings, the malignant ones, and the benign ones go back to the beginning of the universe. According to this sacred physics book, the Big Bang story that broke open the cosmic Eilameg showered out the beings along with all the quarks and tachyons and all the rest of them. The beings came from a kind of impurity in the Eilam, a sort of aesthetic flaw in the original story. So maybe the ferocious one lived at that spot for millions of years, embedded in the granite of Manhattan Island, waiting for humans, for victims, like my poor cousin Paul. Or maybe she never lived there at all until the building went up. Maybe the contractor summoned her. Maybe he offered her space in her building in exchange for help in getting his contract bid accepted. I thought of this because of what happened later, and because of what happened with the Defense Department. Even if you don't remember Paul's case, you'll certainly remember the Pentagon scandal. How half the Defense Department turned out to be malignant ones, and the other half paying them off. How a lot of people said the chairman of the Joint Chiefs himself was a malignant one. That one never made it into the papers, but everyone heard about it. And you probably remember Alison Burkett. It was the Pentagon scandal that made her famous, after all. Before that, she was an unknown lawyer specializing in demonic possession. But then that peace group came to her with their suspicions of preternatural harassment, and she began to investigate and to push. And she kept on investigating and pushing for something like five years, until suddenly the story was all over the papers and the TV, and everyone wanted to interview and photograph Alison Burkett. Remember that Time magazine cover? They shot her standing on the steps of the Supreme Court, wearing a sharp suit, with the wind blowing a few strands of hair across her face, and the word Demon Breaker slashed across the bottom of the page. I was just a kid then, but somehow Alison Burkett seemed really special to me. I watched the news every night on TV, hoping to see a feature about her. When one of the networks promised a special hour-long interview with her, I begged my parents to let me stay up late that night— and I cut out the picture from time and got a glass frame to preserve it and hang it over my desk. I followed the scandal more closely than most adults, every detail. I still remember all the excitement, the new charges coming out every day in the paper. I remember the demonstrations, the peace groups in their rainbow robes and animal masks, chanting and waving those orange streamers in huge figure eights as they marched on the Pentagon. And I remember the incredible excitement when the president ordered the Spiritual Development Agency to drive out the ferocious ones. They came in procession with their twelve-foot banners and fluorescent masks, their drums and bells and electric trumpets. I was just a kid. I'd never seen anything like it. We all got off school just like it was a national sacred day, 
and I remember sitting in front of the TV all day long, watching the big circus, as my father called it. My mother went nuts trying to get me to eat, especially when they drew those huge lines out from the corners of the building, changing the Pentagon to a giant pentagram. Wow, I thought, this is it. Now it's going to happen. And I was right, too. The TV blanked out the sound so we couldn't hear the actual formulas for the SDA chanted, but we could see the electric fire in the air as the beings left the walls, only to get trapped in the triangles drawn on the outside of the building. And then when they did the banishment and erased the lines and declared the Pentagon free and liberated, I cheered and screamed and bounced up and down on the rug in front of the TV.